Welcome to the Bill Kelly Podcast. I'm Bill Kelly. While Hamilton Public Health is investigating four new cases of COVID-19, Medical Officer of Health Dr. Elizabeth Richardson joins us to talk about that. Retailers are making the decision whether or not to remain open or closed during the pandemic. And OPSU wants all businesses to send workers home to prevent the spread of COVID-19. We'll get the details on that for you. The Bill Kelly Podcast starts now. Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Hamilton, of course, dealing with uh, what's happening with the COVID-19 crisis as well. We found over the weekend that uh, more cases have been identified here in the city. Joining us to talk about that and uh, the steps going forward is uh, Dr. Elizabeth Richardson, who is the Chief Medical Officer of Health for the City of Hamilton. Uh, Dr. Richardson, once again, thanks so much for the time. It's been a hectic few days for you and everybody on your staff, I would imagine. Thank you, Bill. Absolutely. We've got staff that are just working around the clock. It's uh, pretty incredible. Very dedicated staff just working really hard to try and reduce the spread here in Hamilton. Four new cases over the weekend. Uh, talk to us, including a, a baby, which I, I think surprised an awful lot of people. Yeah, we had four new cases as of Saturday, and yeah, we were surprised by the the little one as well. Um, All of the cases so far seem to be travel-related. We do have an additional five that we're looking at at this point to see, are they Hamiltons? We have to always confirm where they're from um, and confirming uh, details about them. They're actively under investigation, so that's since Saturday. All all continuing to be travel-related, which is uh, good news based on what we uh, find so far in the investigation, and uh, that's what we're uh, we're hoping for is to is to reduce and and decrease any uh, chances of spread in the community. Just to know the sort of work around it, there's about another hundred people that were monitoring their contacts of cases or they have returned from hotspots in the world. And so our staff actively check in with them regularly to make sure, you know, things are going well, they're able to stay in isolation, they have what they need. And we have another 94 people who are under investigation. As those people are identified, obviously, I guess that's where you and and those people, I guess, have to do their homework. Okay, who have you talked to? Who have you been in contact with? Uh, Did you see how far that goes? That's right. I mean, we do two things. We look to see what their source is, and that's where, you know, looking to see if it's related to travel, because we're, of course, very much on the lookout for any signs of spread beyond that here in Hamilton. And then to go forward and look at who else have they been in contact with since uh, since they came back, since they started to be sick and to make sure that they're aware and that they're isolated as well. What about, uh, let's talk about containing this, and and you mentioned that to us last week when you were on the program, about how we all have to do our our roles here, and we've talked about the hand-washing and and personal hygiene and things of this nature, Uh, but maybe explain to our listeners again how important it is to, to, for instance, if you think you're not feeling well or whatever the case might be, uh, about self-quarantining and trying to stay away from other people. It's somewhat difficult in our society these days. It's it's difficult in some ways, but I would say it's it, there are things we have to make it easier. And so I think of things along the individual person, and then think about things in in terms of like organizations or groups. And so, for individuals, that piece about stay home if you're sick is absolutely paramount. So if you're sick, stay home, isolate yourself from other people in the family, use your own bathroom. Of course, if you need medical care, you absolutely should seek it. There's now a new self-assessment tool that's actually on the web at Ontario.ca, so you can go through if you're if you're um, concerned that you may have something that's related to COVID or that you have some questions about it. So there's some very good resources just to look through and see, you know, get some advice about when perhaps you should go for care. 
Um, but for everybody else, it's well. Washing your hands regularly with soap and water is very important. Avoiding contact with your eyes, nose, mouth. If you see somebody who's ill, encourage them to go and isolate and stay away. And uh, if you do cough or sneeze, to cover that uh, with a, a tissue or into your sleeve. The other thing is just, you know, good old healthy lifestyle things. And that's some of the things, there are things you can do um, while you're practicing social distancing. So social distancing is what we recommend that everybody stay, you know, one to two meters away from each other. So whether you're out and about, whether you're um, working, whatever that might be, you know, not shaking hands. We talked about that with Scott Thompson a couple of weeks back, and now's the time to stop shaking hands and avoiding direct contact, um, avoiding crowded places, I should say, and, you know, really reduce the non-essential trips um, and any non-essential gatherings that you're going to. So, But you can go out, take a walk, uh, go for a hike, um, play in the backyard with the kids. You can have a family game night uh, with everybody who's well. You can do all of those sorts of things. You can watch videos online. You can listen to music. You know, I don't know, I had a concussion a couple of years ago, and so I had uh, severe limitations for about 10 days. I know it was really difficult. It was really difficult to... Um, not do the things we're used to doing, but there were so many things I still could do and things that I hadn't enjoyed in a long time. And uh, that included getting a lot fitter and it also included just enjoying things like music. There's also, I talked about on the organizational level, so again, really encouraging um, people to um, look at how they can do virtual meetings, how they might be able to work from home, um, how they can take other measures within their workplace so that they um, can keep social distancing at work. We know that people, you know, many people still need to go to work, like many of our staff, um, but we are trying our best to make sure that that kind of distancing is maintained. I get the sense that people are starting to get that message. I mean, just in in what we were doing this weekend, I, I, we didn't go out a whole lot, obviously, a couple of trips to the store that we had to make, but... Uh, the store traffic was was a lot less than it usually is on a Saturday. Uh, even the traffic on the roads, I noticed. I, I think people are finally getting the idea that look at you know what, let's just kind of hang close to home right now and and ride this thing out for however long it might take. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I noticed my drive in this morning was much lighter. Um, of course, some of that is is because it is March break and because people, um, you know, schools, daycare have been closed, and so they're having to find alternate ways to do things. Um, but I think it, a lot of it, too, is also the social distancing message that is getting out. I know uh, friends of mine that were supposed to get together, they said, you know, we're going to sort of play this a lot more low-key than we would normally do over the weekend. Uh, city facilities, of course, uh, and you talked about this with the mayor on Friday, but the number of facilities that have been shut down, and this is happening in communities all over the place. Uh, and I understand, obviously, and we're going to get into this a little bit later on in the show, the economic impact that's having. But uh, And as difficult as that's going to be for those people and those people that own those businesses, uh, I think the, the message we're getting uh, from the governments and certainly from uh, medical experts uh, such as yourself is that uh, personal health and, and, and the well-being of, of the community has to trump that at this stage. We'll deal with that later, I hope. Uh, but if, let's first and foremost, let's try to curb the, the, the growth of this. Absolutely. This is the uh, blunting the curve or flattening the curve. Those are, you know, the things that we're trying to do. One way or another, we're going to have impacts from this, whether it's in trying to prevent and slow it down or from, you know, heaven forbid that we had a, uh, a more rapid rise in cases. And so the more we can do to, to slow that down, slow spread, 
give time for um, people to develop treatments, vaccines, make sure we're protecting those that are most vulnerable. And I think most people know that over the weekend, uh, long-term care facilities, they're not no longer allowing visitors except under compassionate circumstances. But also think about with anybody that it belongs to those vulnerable groups to make sure you're, you're especially acting to protect them. Well, anybody that watched the debate last night between uh, Biden and uh, Bernie Sanders noticed, uh, first of all, they did the elbow bump when they uh, met each other, uh, and they put the podiums about six feet away from each other, which is on. But again, these are all standards that are being set right now by the by the medical experts are saying, and it, it's really, I guess, to to underscore what you're talking about about social distancing, something that uh, that you know we we may not be used to, but something that I think is extremely important and, and necessary at this stage. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, I think we're also seeing people being innovative. I know, you know, the kinds of companies that I deal with, I'm seeing a lot of innovation about this is how we can still serve you. This is what we can do. And and that's why we're in a different time with online work, with the ability to telecommute, with um, online shopping. All of those things make this a little easier than it would have been if this had happened, say, 30 years ago. Well, absolutely, yeah, taking advantage of the technology and the tools that are available to us right now. now is, is there a concern here when we hear from uh, from people like from the Center for the Disease Control and some of the other folks that are doing these daily briefings, and, of course, Health Canada on this side of the border, Doctor, uh, there's a, there's also an underlying message which sounds a little ominous that says, look, at, uh, it's, this, is, this is probably going to get worse before it gets better. When they say worse, uh, are they simply talking about the number of identified cases? Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that we do um, think that there will be a rise in cases. The Again, we get back to that flattening the curve. What we want to do is spread that out over time and reduce the overall numbers as much as possible, especially to protect those that are most vulnerable. We do know that um, particularly among those who are older, those with chronic underlying conditions like heart disease, cancer, those sorts of things that that they're more likely to get the pneumonia that can come with this and end up needing to be ventilated in an ICU. And we really want to conserve our resources so that uh, those beds and those ventilators are available to people. One of the things we also saw over the weekend was the minister um, asked all hospitals to look at um, reducing elective and uh, admissions and surgeries. So those mean things that aren't absolutely essential to go forward right now. So no doubt there are many other things that are going on. People are still d- having heart attacks. They're still dealing with cancer. And we're going to make sure that they still get the treatment that they need. But we need to make sure that the things that we don't need to do can happen a little later um, so that those resources are there for them and they're there for the people who get sick with COVID-19. The uh, message here seems to also be that uh, not everyone's going to get tested here. Only those who uh, feel as if maybe they're, they're getting into this and it's, it's going to be severe that should you seek that out. Uh, is it difficult, doctor, as a result of that to quantify just how many cases are out there? I mean, there's probably an awful lot of people out there that may well have COVID-19 that don't know it and just think, oh, I just got a cold, but I'll stay home anyway. But that's that's really an identified case that it's falling through the cracks as far as statistics are concerned anyway. So testing is one of the things that has been worked on right from the beginning. And so the um, swabs that are used for it are um, similar to the ones that we use, the same as the ones that are used for testing for flu. And so what they've been doing to look for any community spread is they actually started testing regularly those other swabs to see if there were any signs of coronavirus, of COVID-19 that was happening um, that we weren't picking up. 
And so there haven't been those those sorts of things that have been happening. The swabs themselves, we do have a supply and we expect to continue to get a supply of test kits, but we do have to conserve those for the people who need it the most. And so I know we have a tendency when we're, you know, we're sick or we are worried to want to get that test. And the reality is we need to keep that test and use it on people who we think are most likely to have it at this stage. That other testing is still going on in the background to see if it's going on in the community, but the actual ones for people that are sick are being limited. And on that note, we are um, opening up an assessment center here in Hamilton. Um, There's going to be an announcement about that a little bit later this morning, but there will be one in the East End, one in the West End, and they too will be um, working through the hotline, working through to book actually appointments. And uh, that will happen. Uh, we'll get further details about that in uh, probably a half an hour or so in terms of that going live. We'll look forward to that announcement. Of course, we'll uh, pass that on as soon as we get that information from you as well. For those that are identified with at least having the symptoms of this, doctor, uh, and we've suggested that, you know, as you say, not everybody needs to get tested. Just err on the side of caution and go home and follow all the things that you and I have just talked about. But where is the threshold to say, you know what, this is getting worse, not better. Maybe I should seek medical assistance. Yeah, and so that self-assessment tool that's on the Ontario website does a good job of stepping you through, you know, should I just stay home because I probably have the flu or do I need to to go and, and see somebody because I need to be tested further. But for anybody um, who is sick, if they are finding that they are getting short of breath um, with this, that they are having a difficult time breathing, those are absolutely when you need to go and get medical care. That's uh, particularly the hallmark of this particular virus is that initially you feel unwell and then that usually is about five or six days after you've been exposed to the virus and then about another five days later you start to feel more unwell and you start to feel short of breath and uh, definitely a sign that you need further assessment. So anybody, you know, we all have our own thresholds for when we seek care and we need to listen to ourselves you know, moms are, are the best judges really at, at when their kids are sick, moms and dads. Um, so if you're at that point where you're feeling like you are getting worse with um, uh, what otherwise you would have thought was a mild cold, then you really should seek, seek care. I'm asking you to speculate here now, and I know that can be a dangerous thing when we're dealing with something like this, but uh, I know that the shutdown facilities here in the city, and and some of them, of course, are done by private sector as well, not just by the municipality. Uh, Most say about first week of April, rather, there's probably going to be a reassessment as to what's going to go on. But I I saw one expert again, and so many of them, of course, on TV these days, just, you know, flip around the dial and you're going to hear somebody with a different opinion on this, suggesting that for this actually to be effective, uh, the the, the closing here and and the uh, the forced, uh, you know, distancing that we're doing here, they say about six to eight weeks, which would take us well into May, really. Uh, Now, and again, I'm not suggesting that, you know, that's what's going to happen here. But uh, we, we can't do half measures here. I mean, we have to err on the side of caution here, don't we? Absolutely, and that's why you've heard Teresa Tam, who's the Chief Public Health Officer for Canada. Yeah. You've heard David Williams, you know, and uh, and I'll say it again here, saying we really, really need people to take these measures, to take it seriously, because you can't do this halfway. We need to do this all the way and uh, and really get social distancing into the practice that we do every day in our lives. And, you know, in terms of time, that those are things that we're going to reassess over time. I was just, I've been saying all weekend long how I don't like to make decisions until they need to be made because things can change and I, it's difficult to speculate or say what might happen down the road, but we're absolutely going to keep monitoring the situation, making decisions. You know, we've given ourselves three weeks here in the city and, and we'll be reassessing long before that about whether or not that gets 
that's extended, and I'm sure the province and the federal government will be around their own recommendations as well. Exactly. Well, the message here is just don't automatically assume that April 6th everything is going to open again. Uh, There's a lot of analysis, I guess, that has to be done. Uh, Dr. As always, thanks so much uh, for taking some time out of a very busy day today, and we'll uh, look forward to that announcement later on this morning, of course. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Bill. Dr. Elizabeth Richards, and of course, the uh, Chief Medical Officer of Health here in the City of Hamilton. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. Information uh, forthcoming. Uh, this very fluid situation, of course, as we're dealing with uh, what's happening with COVID-19. It's having an impact on every one of us. And uh, a number of folks have weighed in about exactly what we should be doing and what employers should be doing in a situation like this. Uh, we've noticed that here with uh, with our uh, course uh, radio center here in the west end of the city. It's had a direct impact on staffing. We'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. But there are others that are suggesting that uh, that some of these larger employers uh, have to rethink exactly how they're handling this. OPSU, for instance, wants all businesses to send their workers home to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Warren Smokey Thomas, of course, is the president of OPSU, and he joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to explain. Uh, Smokey, thanks so much for the time. Glad you're uh, with us today. First of all, how are you feeling these days? Oh, I'm fine. I have been staying to myself. Uh, I have an apartment in Toronto where I work, so I've been staying to myself as much as possible, which uh, uh, which I think most people should do. Well, let's talk about the the risk of, of going to a, a place of employment as we usually do uh, and, and the possibility of spreading the virus as a result of that. Yeah, well, so what we did as a union is our staff, we have 21 offices around the province, so all our staff are working from home, and we're able to do that. So, uh, but it's not so easy for other people. Uh, but for employers that could say, look, at, you know, work from home, and if there's no work to do from home, guess what? We're going to pay you. And uh, I think the feds in the province are, you know, coming up with some relief packages and ways of handling um, uh, people who, you know, no work, no pay. That's that's the really at-risk group here. And uh, but you know, and I would call on all businesses to look at this as an investment in your and our future rather than as an expense. If you follow the lead of, uh, you know, the major sports leagues, uh, they've really stepped up. If you can't, you can only imagine the financial hit that they're taking. And uh, so, but there are many, many people who can't work from home. Top of mind for me is our healthcare workers in the system. I hope yeah. we all keep them in our thoughts, keep them safe. But there's all, there are a whole range of people that, have to work, be able to keep our water pure, keep our sewage flowing, you know, the supply chain for food, uh, you know, distributors, all the, all these people have to work. And they can do their work better if, if there's less traffic, less human interaction, as reduced as much as possible. And I think you achieve that. And all the health experts are saying, let's flatten that curve, get as, you know, reduce human-to-human contact as much as possible. And staying at home and staying safe and keeping taking care of your family is a good idea. The school system is closed for another two, you know, for three weeks. <clears throat> a lot of parents are struggling because daycare centers are closed. Uh, you know, I would say to employers, you know what, tell them to stay home unless you absolutely need them. I do know the government's trying to figure out how to offer daycare for uh, for uh, healthcare workers. I think Quebec's doing free daycare. So um, it's you know, where possible, people should work from home. Uh, if businesses have to shut down somehow or another, you know, we don't want people, you know, being evicted, uh, you know, not being able to pay for their medications. So people still have to have an income. Absolutely. You know, 
So. You know, you, you raise an interesting point, and, I, and I'm sure that the powers that be have considered this, but I, I'm not hearing a whole lot of conversation, is the strain and stress this is putting on, on health care workers and, and first responders, for that matter, uh, you know, police, fire, uh, paramedics, things of that nature. Uh, they're the ones that are being exposed to this, I mean, by the nature of their job. And God help us, Smokey, if, if all of a sudden they, they, that starts to, to spread through that particular line of work. And, you know, nurses, doctors, uh, people of that nature uh, are going to be impacted by this. And that's going to put a great strain on, on the people that really need them and need their expertise at that time. Oh, absolutely. So um, <clears throat> I've been at this called the collaboration table myself, other union leaders, heads of uh, associations, you know, the Ontario Medical Association, Hospital Association, Government, Ministry of Health. And these, all these things are top of mind. Uh, and the government has, uh, uh, you know, taken steps to shut the government down as much as possible. Courts will be closed, except for extreme, you know, really serious offenses. Uh, provincial jails are, you know, uh, you know, banning uh, uh, visits. And uh, weekend offenders that we're told not to report because there's thousands of them. And so, you know, the government's taken steps on its own and inside the government to shut down as much as possible. Like, you know, casinos are shutting down, horse tracks are shutting down, all, you know, everything's starting to shut down. And that really is the best shot we have at, you know, reducing the number of people that get infected, therefore allowing healthcare workers uh, to maybe catch a breath now and again. they got to sleep sometime. And to not get absolutely, totally overwhelmed, the system is already short of beds. And my worry has always been hospital bed capacity, uh, you know, intensive care units, respirators. And, you know, they're, they're planning for all contingencies, but we don't really have any way of knowing what, what the surge is going to be. And, again, the best way is to avoid human-to-human contact, stay home if you can, and, and actually don't hoard supplies. Uh, I mean, you know, I see pictures of people buying, you know, you know, 100, 200, 300 rolls of toilet paper. It doesn't affect that end of your body. It's not like a no. It's it's way, a respiratory you know? disease, a virus. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. uh, and I, I I I'm sympathetic to people that say, well, I may get you know stuck in my house for three or four weeks. That yeah. doesn't mean you, you you can't restock your supplies. I mean, you know, the, it's hoarding is a problem, and we see this all the time. Anytime there's yeah. there's a, a, an incident like this and a crisis of some nature, whether it's a huge power failure like we had a number of years ago or something like this, yeah. you find a lot lot of people smoking that that come to the fore and, and actually try to help up, but there's always this handful of people that just figure, you know what, I'm going to screw people around and try to make a buck out of this. Oh, they they should they should be punished severely somehow. And I, I you know, I, you touch on a good point, Bo, because I'm a healthcare worker. I haven't, I worked in a psych hospital most of life, and I haven't nursed in 20 years. I've been doing the union stuff for a long time, but, you know, it's always been my experience that this is when people pull together, this is when people start to take care of each other. You know, if you if you have a family member or a close friend that you know is a healthcare worker and you're stuck for childcare, you know, and, you know, offer to help out, watch the kids, and uh, it's a good experience uh, for you know. And it's been my, and it really and truly has been my experience that everybody steps up. I can remember going through some bad situations in the psych hospital with uh, salmonella outbreaks. You know, an office staff or volunteer and give me the cleaning stuff. I'll help clean the whole place down. So people just really do rise to the to the occasion. And uh, but I'm hoping, you know, there's a press conference at 11 o'clock this morning. I'm hoping the government announces, uh, you know, people won't go without pay. I'm not quite sure how it's all going to work. But again, for employers, I would say just pay your people and sort it out later with the government. Right. Just pay them, sort it out later. And, uh, you know, a lot of people live paycheck to paycheck. Some people live day to day. 
you know, another group of people that are at risk are people that rely on food banks. What happens if they shut the food banks down? So, you know, this thing is uh, is uh, going to cause a lot of misery, and I think we all need to pull together to help, you know, uh, mitigate the damage and the misery as much as possible. Well, uh, as you say, about 1 o'clock this afternoon, the Prime Minister is going to speak on this, and hopefully that's going to be part of it. Smokey, as always, uh, stay healthy. Uh, we'll stay in touch and see how they respond okay. to this, okay? Yeah, thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Smokey Thomas, of course, President of OPSU, calling in. Uh, the government, because it's probably going to have to be government-imposed. I know some businesses are doing that already uh, voluntarily and, and sending workers home with pay, uh, but uh, not everyone is. And uh, even people with, uh, quote-unquote, precarious employment, part-time workers without benefits, things of this nature, saying, if I don't go in, I don't get money. And uh, we, we can't afford to do that at this stage. This is those, The price tag for dealing with this is going to be huge, just huge for every level of government. Because people are going to have to be compensated for the things that are happening these days. And uh, the government's going to have to step up. And we're going to have to just get used to the fact that uh, this is going to cost an awful lot of money. Uh, how are retailers handling this? So I mentioned my experience over the weekend doing a little bit of shopping. Uh, many retailers, of course, are making the decision whether or not to remain open or closed uh, during the uh, COVID-19 epidemic. Uh, one of the largest in Canada is uh, the group that uh, runs Canadian Tire and, and Sport Check and all these others, and uh, they've got some tough decisions to make. I want to bring uh, Bruce Winder into the conversation. Bruce is a retail expert and speaker, consultant, uh, professor, and entrepreneur, uh, and uh, always a welcome guest on the Bill Kelly Show. How are you doing this morning, Bruce? Hey, good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, a little concerned. I think a lot of us are. As I mentioned, I was even shopping for groceries on the weekend. A lot fewer people in the store than I would have thought on a Saturday afternoon, um, and uh, a lot less things on the shelves these days. And I, I looked at some of the other stores. We were in a Canadian Tire, by the way, uh, on Saturday afternoon after we got our groceries. Uh, I thought it was closed. I walked in there. I didn't see anybody, <laughs> not, not even staff at this stage. I get they were there, but uh, this is these are different times for retailers, aren't it? Isn't it? It is. It's really a, a new normal. We haven't experienced anything like this before. Um, and, you know, what you're kind of seeing in retail is you're seeing, obviously, the grocery stores um, and the drug stores really have to remain open because they have to sell people, you know, basic needs, food and, and, uh, and the prescriptions and things. But you're seeing some of the discretionary uh, stores, clothing and things like that uh, basically shut down. Um, and you're seeing traffic accordingly. I mean, I think what, what, what I found last week is sort of last week was the time when really um, everything sort of uh, hit the fan, if you will. And um, I was in a, a food basics on Friday and it was wrapped. The line was wrapped around the whole store. Um, but then when you look and Saturday was less, Saturday was a little less. And then and then Saturday afternoon, it kind of was was pretty quiet. So I think. Last week was a big push in terms of everyone stocking up on basics, you know, the toilet papers of the world, all the basics and things like that. And it's quieter now. And, 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 and like I said, there's some retailers who are just saying it's not even worth being open. No one's going to come to our stores. No one's going to buy discretionary products right now. Which is going to be impactful, obviously, to their bottom line and also to the staff. I mean, you know, if you usually have seven or eight people on a Saturday afternoon and you're saying, I can get by with two, uh, you know, what happens to those people? I mean, they're sitting home. Are they collecting a paycheck? Uh, uh, it's a vicious cycle once this starts, isn't it? It is, really. It's um, it's going to be really bad because, it's it, you know, it all starts with the consumer, right? And if you're a consumer right now, you're nervous about your job in some cases. Um, if you're if you're working for a large company or, you know, a company that pays benefits and, and sick leave, you know, some companies – are saying, hey, it's okay, you can stay home and we're going to pay you. So those, those consumers are happier. But there's a lot of consumers, as you mentioned earlier, that are 
working on precarious employment. So they're working as contractors. And in that case, they may not be getting any pay whatsoever. So the consumer is terrified. You also look at the stock markets. You know, I was just watching one of the stock shows and, you know, even the TSX is down about 10 to 12 percent this morning. So if you have any money at all in in your uh, stock portfolio, you see that caving. So it's a really, really tough time right now with consumers. Um, and, you know, um, it's just going to it's going to ripple through. I mean, this whole our whole economy, as is the worldwide economy, is just going to be 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 ruptured uh, for the next several weeks slash months uh, until this thing, um, you know, is 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 starts to pass and until things happen and governments are stepping up. Governments are 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 starting to uh, they're going to have to open the, uh, the purse a little bit. As they've done in Canada and the U.S., Canada announced a billion-dollar uh, uh, assistance program, but they're going to have to get more than that. The U.S. they announced a whole bunch of things yesterday. The Fed dropped the rate to almost zero percent in the U.S. yesterday, so you're going to see this go back and forth. Yeah, and I, I think the Prime Minister's statement last week was a billion dollars, but more to come, and, and maybe that's what he's exactly. going to talk about today because uh, it's going to cost considerably more. Uh, and to more. your point about the stock market, I know that uh, they had to shut down trading on uh, Wall Street once again this morning because it was down like 1,200 points. Which and I, I know a lot of people are saying I'm not in the stock market. Yeah, you you are, whether you know it or not. Uh, I mean, it affects pensions, uh, a number of different things when this starts to happen, and it creates uncertainty, which is is not good for business, is it? It's not, and uh, even the banks, the banks are nervous. I mean, there's a lot of small businesses out there, right? If you're a big blue chip bank, one of the top banks, you're going to be okay because you got a ton of cash, and guess what? You're too big to fail. Right. So the government's going to come out and write you a check eventually if it gets bad. But if you're sort of a small to medium sized business, you might get lost in the shuffle. And that's where some of the risk comes, even to the big banks, is that commercial lending. Right. So it's really tough on sort of a small to medium sized business, as it is on large businesses. Um, it's tough on the consumer. I can't think of anywhere, you know, except for maybe people who sell cleaning products that are really uh, going to benefit from this whole situation. And when they say it's going to get worse before it gets better, uh, I know these are you know medical people that are saying this, but as the numbers increase, that by numbers I mean the identified number of cases that are being identified right now, uh, the worse is actually going to be the economic impact this is going to have because it's going to make people even more skittish than they are now. It is a lot of this is psychological, right? Yeah. I mean, if you look at not downplaying the crisis at all, it's not to be downplayed. And I think Canada's done a pretty good job managing it so far. But, you know, we have so far, what is it, 350, 400 cases. The economic impact, just based on the psychology and the fear of what's happening, is going to be far worse than even the, um, you know, the healthcare impact, right? Just because people, uh, you know, the media is covering it and everyone's watching it and it's creating just an emotional roller coaster. And when people get emotional, you know, they lose some of that rationality, right? And they start sort of over over adjusting, if you will, to to sort of the cautious side, right? So pe- people are going to stay in; they're not going to buy; they're not going to obviously travel for for any reason, um, you know. So it's going to really just get everyone to sort of turtle here, and that's going to create even more of a, an issue with the economy. Absolutely. Well, uh, hopefully some good news from the prime minister, uh, and well, hopefully some good news from some of the medical experts too. Bruce, as always, thanks so much for this. Really appreciate the time. Hey, thanks a lot. Take care. Take care. Bruce Winder, of course, a retail expert and consultant. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. Including local businesses here, and one that uh, I'm sure is going to be impacted by this, of course, is our farmer's market. 
uh, with the growing concern about local businesses when it comes to COVID-19. What about places like the farmer's market that are obviously considered very, very highly, uh, you know, foot traffic? I mean, you need pedestrians. You need people walking through that store. And if you're being encouraged by governments to not go out and to avoid places where there's going to be crowds, that seems to be counterproductive to the uh, best interests of, uh, well, places like the Hamilton Market. Uh, Shane Coleman is a vendor at the market and vice chair of the Hamilton Farmers Market Board. He joins us to talk about this. Hi, Shane. How are you doing this morning? Yeah, Bill, I'm fine. Thanks for having me on your show. Well, I'm glad you could jump in here because I, we're concerned about this as we're looking at how this is going to impact some of the larger businesses. And some of them, of course, have got a bit of a, a cushion and they can take a hit for a little while. Uh, you guys need foot traffic. You need people in there. Yeah, we uh, of course we need. Uh, our, we're in perishable commodities, so like for us to just shut down, it you know we we would have a lot of waste. So we're, we we hope to stay open and we hope to keep serving the public. So how's it going so far? Well, I, I noticed last week there was a shift, it, like from Saturday. Some of the Saturday customers are coming weekdays because weekdays aren't usually quite as busy. There was a little bit of uptick in business. I've noticed some people buying stuff like I think that to fight cold, like ginger and turmeric, honey. Uh, garlic. I noticed people were stocking up on some of these items. And then on, on Saturday, I noticed like a lot of people were came early to buy a bunch of meats. So they were sold out of meats pretty quick. Uh, but it, overall, it's still pretty, it's still, it's the regular customers. And I think people are still coming out. Well, they've got to eat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what it comes eat. down to. Yeah. People got to eat. So, you know, we we're, we're, we're happy to stay open. We're happy to keep serving everyone. And uh, we'll, we'll be ready for you when you come. We'll have a full supply of stocks, and we'll be ready to serve the public. What about the long-term effect this is going to have, Shane? And Because and, we don't know how long this is going to go on for. You know, they, yeah. even the city facilities that they've closed down, they said, well, they're going to reassess it in the first week of April. But that doesn't mean they're going to open them again. I mean, this could go on for a long time. Can you guys, can you take a hit if, if it starts to, to go downhill? Well, if we have to, you know, we do we got to do. I mean, I still have food I could eat. That's one thing. I always have some food ready at the market that I can always be bringing home. But I do have some good news is that I see, I've seen, I have a friend I was living in southern China before, and I have an American friend living there. And um, he's found, like, they had one of their lockdown quarantine for several weeks. They really couldn't go out. Everything was shut. But now he's showing pictures on Facebook. People are starting, they, they've seen the number of cases go down and people are out on the street. Markets are open. Every place is, most people, 90% of people are wearing masks. But uh, in China now, they're starting to feel a little bit more positive about going out. And uh, it will probably just hit this kind of wave here where, you know, it'll be some number of cases go up. And then as, you know, the spring weather's coming, we'll probably start seeing that everything starts to open up again. Yeah, that seems to be the hope. And uh, if you can just weather the storm, I guess, for the next few weeks, we'll, uh, well, we'll be assess it in April and see how it goes. Uh, Shane, yeah. continue good luck with this and uh, to the rest of your vendors down there. And hopefully this is not going to have a negative impact. But uh, we'll stay in touch, okay? And if there's any change in that, uh, give us a holler and let us know, won't you? Yeah, thanks, Bill. Yeah, okay. We'll do that. We'll be ready for you. Shane thanks. Coleman, of course, uh, from the Hamilton Farmers Market Board. Uh, stores like that and businesses like that obviously rely on us to be there. And uh, uh, if you're, you know, we're going to be self social distancing ourselves, uh, that's one of the places that you think would be impacted. So far, though, it sounds like things are going pretty well. Let me go back to your uh, phone calls and uh, emails. Uh, bkelly 900 chmlcom on email. Of course, the phone number, 905-645-3221. Star 9900. How are you handling the COVID-19 crisis and pandemic? What kind of an impact is it having on your lives? Back to your calls now. Harry, you're first up on this. Thanks for joining us today, Harry. Hi, good morning. Hi. Um, so, yeah, the social distancing. I, I saw a post on social media, and I thought this was a great idea to help uh, restaurants and maybe some other businesses get through this uh, 
this temporary crunch as we hope it's temporary. But um, why don't we buy a gift certificate from your favorite local restaurant, you know, that's working on small margins and, you know, they depend on income. <clears throat> then uh, when all this is over, take your, uh, your wife, your friend, girlfriend, whatever, out for dinner. This gets the restaurant some cash flow now, and it's a win-win. That's a great idea. Yeah, so, I saw it on social media, and I thought that was awesome. Well, and it's it's a way that we can still contribute. I mean, because let, let's face it, I, I know some people are going to be a little hesitant to do anything like that right now for for two reasons, obviously. Uh, the social distancing, you don't want to go to a restaurant where there's going to be a lot of people sitting around uh, very close to you. Uh, and at the same time, of course, uh, you, you're concerned about, you know, being out at all. Uh, so this this way, at least there's 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 revenue coming into the restaurant, and it's a win-win because obviously two or three months from now, if you go out for dinner, uh, you're probably going to spend a little bit more than what's on the gift card anyway. So uh, yeah. it's 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 a good lifeline for them. I hope people take you up on that. Yeah, let's uh, let's get it out there. Great uh, idea. I'm, doing, I'm buying one today. Okay, good idea. Yeah. I'll I'll do one when I get off too, Harry. <laughs> you just started a trend. Thanks for the call. Sure. 905-645-3221, star 9900. How is the COVID-19 crisis and pandemic dealing with you? What's going on? 645-3221, star 9900. John, you're next in the program. How are you doing today, John? Hey, how you doing, Bill? I'm having quite the day. Up early with my mom. That got canceled. And uh, my wife starts work at 1 o'clock. Um, I come in, the house phone's ringing. Uh, get your wife up. She has to come in to work for an emergency meeting now. So they're, they're, they're being encouraged to go into work. Go into work for an emergency meeting. And so I don't know if she's coming home in half an hour or has to finish the day or what's going on. But I think they're going to be um, probably closing because they're a, a social... Um, it's um, like people come in for help and stuff. And uh, it puts them in this situation because, you know, there's people that need the help, but... This is going to be somewhat difficult, though, and I, I don't want you to identify the business. i got a pretty good sense of what it is. Uh, but why would they call her in to say you're not coming in anymore? <laughs> uh, because yeah, if it, it seems no counterproductive. Idea. The whole purpose here is, is uh, you know, if you're going to shut down or if you're going to say, okay, you're going to have to work from home now, uh, you can do that over the phone. You don't bring them in and, and possibly expose people to, to what's going on here. That seems rather bizarre. Uh, you, uh, you, you're going to hear from her in the next little while. Like, drop me an email. Let me know what happens, won't you? Yeah, sure. I'll get a hold of you. I'll thanks, let you know. Thanks a lot, John. Appreciate it. 645-3221, star 9900. How are you handling this? How's it impacting your life? Bill Kelly Show here on 900 CHML. And Lucy, you're next on the program. Hi, Lucy. Hey, good morning, Bill. Um, yes, with handling it, with um, last week, three times I made an effort to go to major stores. Uh, taking the bus, because unfortunately I don't have a car and I have a walker. Uh, everything was off the shelves, like the necessity. We're talking toilet paper. So I... I was walking back because it was a nice day, and I saw the variety stores in Darnet. I went into a variety store. He had ample supply of toilet paper. Uh, cost, yeah, a little more, but I noticed one major store was charging a lot more than it usually did. So I got my toilet paper from there. I got a friendly smile from the owner, and I also bought a bag of milk. And I think we have to start remembering now the little variety stores instead of these major stores. Well, uh, yeah, that's uh, your own little secret. I'll ask you off the air which one it was. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, you can share your wealth with me and with everybody else. Uh, yes, because yes. I got shut out. I, we went to four or five different stores over the weekend. And, uh, and, and not 
I mean, we're okay. It's it's not as if oh my god, but you know, you just I, I did it just a, as, as an experiment more than anything else. Let's see if they got anything if they're sitting on the shelves. And of course, some of the shelves are just empty. Others they've tried to fill up with paper towels, which is really not going to do anybody good in this situation. But I've always maintained, and I'm glad you finally you found somebody that could do this, uh, yeah. a, a small corner store like that, because it's a win-win. First of all, you got your stuff. Uh, but it also supports small businesses. I mean, you know, these are people that are, uh, you're running a store like that, a variety store, a corner store, even if it's a franchise, uh, your margins are pretty thin. So if you can actually increase that person's business, you're, that's a win-win for the community. Definitely. It was for me too, Bill, because it was frustrating getting on a bus, going to the store, empty shelves, uh, seeing people with buggies with four of them. I know now when I went yesterday for a walk, one of the major stores finally had a sign that's saying a minimum of two. I like the that. The shelf was empty. The shelf was empty, though. Yeah, well, it's going <laughs> to be that way for a while. But that, that's a good so. start, I think, if they put limits on it. Because they do that for all the other stuff. You know, if they, they you know, if they, you know, Coca-Cola's on sale or something, they always say limit two or three customer per customer, things like that. They should be yeah. doing that in the short term, too. Lucy, thanks for the, the call today. Okay, Bill, thank you. All right, take care now. Bye-bye. 645-3221, star 9900. How is this affecting you? What's going on with COVID-19? And what kind of an impact is it having on your life these days? Shella, you're on the Bill Keller Show. Hi, how are you doing this morning? Hi, good morning, Bill. It's Sheila. Hi, Sheila. And I have my own um, yoga Zumba studio, and I made an arbitrary decision yesterday that effective immediately we were going to be closed. It's in the best interest of public hurts me financially. The impact is quite uh, devastating, but ultimately it's in the best interest of our community. So how long can you hold out like this? Well, um, not too long, but long enough to, you know, to absorb the hit personally so that um, it's it's in the best interest of our community. That's all I can say. Uh, We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, um, I plan to do uh, once a day go on live and do some meditation and some practice for individuals that may be needing a little bit of help dealing with the anxiety over what's going on in our community. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Exactly. I plan to offer that for free just to to help everyone just find some calm and inner peace. But ultimately, like really, I, I can't afford too long, but I'm prepared to do what's right. Well, I think you made the right call, Sheila, and and here's hoping that it's only going to be for a short while anyway, uh, because exactly. it, obviously you're in the same boat as an awful lot of other people that are smart, running small businesses right now. Uh, you know, the, the, the margins are small. You, you can't afford to do this for a very long period of time, so I hope that uh, you're backing up and running really soon. 905-645-3221, start 9900. How's this affecting you? What's going on with COVID-19 in your life? Steve, you're on the Bill Kelly Show. Go ahead, Steve. Hi, Bill. How are you doing? Today? I'm well. I'm actually doing well. Thank you. Yeah, my my input into this is um, I'm really worried about performers and musicians like myself because uh, gigs are getting canceled and there's no contracts and there's no there's I don't think there'll be any compensation and if there is I'd be really curious to find out how you know. Well, um, here's here's the deal. I mean, you know, do you know where you're working from week to week or in a normal pattern of things? Did you know where, that you had a gig on Friday and Saturday just to, if you wanted one? Oh yeah, I I know where I'm going and I know. But I'm getting paid and everything else, but uh, you know, I mean, uh, like, like the woman, the, the, the nice lady Sheila with the yoga studio. I mean, how is she going to get compensation for her small business? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out. I mean, the government's just not going to throw away money. You know. 
Well, it's yeah. I, I don't know how they're going to dole this out, and I, I don't know who's going to qualify. But I, I feel for you. I was talking to a guy on Saturday uh, who does a little DJing on the side, you know, pa- parties and you know stuff like that. And uh, and he's out of work now. He just said, you know, I used to every Friday and Saturday I'd have a gig, and it was you know it's extra money and helps me pay my rent and that sort of stuff. And he says they, they're shutting those businesses down now. He says the, no, they're not renting out banquet halls anymore. So he says I can't get work. Uh, and you're right. I mean, you know, what happens with those guys? And th- this is your income. This is your livelihood. Shut down. I mean, I, in Quebec, I heard about uh, cutting the restaurants down to 50% and spacing out tables uh, six feet from one another. Um, you know, that kind of idea to at least kind of compensate. But I can't see that happening in every little pub in, in Nook and Cranny in Hamilton in Toronto. Apparently. No. Don't know how it's going to happen. Uh, good luck with this, Steve. I hope you can find a way to to, to bridge the gap here. Uh, and by the way, the update on the Quebec situation. My understanding is, I think as of tomorrow, uh, restaurants and bars are going to be closed. Uh, bang! Not just reduced hours, but closed. And I'm not suggesting that's going to happen on Ontario, but uh, it's the kind of measures that are being used now in other uh, provinces and states, I guess. Uh, we also hear that uh, New York and New Jersey are doing similar things right now with uh, restaurants and bars. So um, it's, uh, it's going to have an impact on people's lives, financially and otherwise. Bill, you're on the Bill Kelly Show. Hi, Bill. Oh, hi, uh, sir. How are you? I'm well. What's going on? How's this impacting you? Well, uh, I'm a pizza driver, and uh, I think if uh, they close down everywhere, and they should uh, be closing a lot of restaurants too, which is not a good idea. We're going to be losing the job, but it affects uh, the customers because we go from a house to a house. However, I do wear masks and gloves, but... Sometimes it's scary because people don't like it. Uh, they ask a lot of questions. Uh, going to the door, looking at you, if you're really, you know, having your mask, your gloves, and are you, are you, are you serving that right? Are you serving it clean? They ask me if uh, everybody's wearing masks at the store, if everywhere, everyone's uh, wearing gloves uh, while making food. So it's hard on us too, uh, really. Oh, I can understand that. Look at, I'm sure you found this out in your business too. It's a, it's a short leap from uh, from being conscientious to to being a little paranoid uh, when something like this happens because you just don't know how it's going to be transmitted or who it's going to impact or how it's going to impact people. Uh, let me go back to uh, the phone calls here. Paul, you're on the Bill Kelly Show. Hi, Paul. Hi. Um, before I talk my name thing, um, I got an email stating that uh, Poland declared martial law. Well, I don't know. We don't have any official word on that, but we just know that certain governments are taking extreme yeah. measures. How's this impacting you? Um, well, out of the cold is closed, and uh, most of the senior centers are all closed. Yeah. So where I, uh, yesterday the, the church handed out bagged lunches instead of a soup. So, uh, yeah, a lot of my friends are getting affected with this, and I, um, and I figured the only place I'm going to have to go is St. Pat's. Yeah, there's got to be a plan B uh, for some of these social agencies that are set up. And, and again, we understand the fact that uh, we, we have to promote social dist- distancing. That's very important to try to mitigate uh, the growth of, of the virus and, and the number of people that are going to be impacted. But by the same token, uh, there are people that re- rely on those social services on a daily basis. And they're, they're going to have to find some way to, to, to accommodate that need as well. Uh, Ave, you're on the Bill Kelly Show. Hi, Ave. Hi, Bill. Uh, quickly, uh, yeah, I'm listening to... Uh basically what the government's telling people to do. Um, I think uh, I'll probably be working through this. I'd like to say that uh, we'll get through this. Um, and uh, my only concern is the aftermath. That's all the economic damage and the damage to people. But uh, I think, uh, we're, you know, everybody look after each other. This is a time where we got to 
be together. We can't be against each other. And uh, I think we're going to get through it, Bill. I really do. Uh, I, I do too. But and I, I share your concern about the aftermath and how this is going on. And, 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 and obviously what's happening right now, people that exploit this situation, which I find just reprehensible. Uh, and, and, but but there's, there's always going to be one or two people like that. Yeah, absolutely. Just one final word there is uh, panic doesn't help anybody. Exactly. Uh, I hope you're right, and uh, well, hopefully we'll get some reassurance from this, but you're, you're right. This is going to be a financial mess, and not just for Canadians and not just for Americans. I mean, worldwide, uh, when we get the bill for what we're going to have to do here to try to fight this and try to curtail the, the spread of COVID-19, it's going to be a considerable amount of money, and it's going to take us a long, long time uh, to recover from that. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML. The Bill Kelly Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 till noon on 900 CHML. I'm Bill Kelly. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode. And make sure that you rate and review.